Good morning. You glad you're here? Yeah. Welcome to North Star. We're excited that we can come together week after week and experience authentic worship and getting into the Word and hearing things like uh, the Freedom Sunday, which uh, we've already heard about, but it's really dear to my heart. And when I read that over 23,000 have been rescued since this, this ministry started from sex trafficking, sexual abuse, and slavery. And I think us spending the time on that today has been very important. I'm glad to see you and welcome. If you're a first-time guest, we hope you feel at home here. And uh, we welcome those that are joining us online today. It's awesome that you can join us. And uh, we welcome, we just went live at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. <laughs> North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything is possible. If you're a first-time guest, we usually do that better. So I'm going to do it again. North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. I believe that with all of my heart. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. We, it's all about us connecting people to a growing relationship with Christ and each other. And so... That's the kind of church that we want to be and that we strive to be. Amen? Get your amens on, because I had to amen myself earlier. Um, we're in the second week of our brand new series, Love Your City. The theme of this year's Love Your City is life on mission. And it's all about being intentional. Wherever you go, wherever you live, whatever you do, being intentional and sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others. And today we're going to be talking about that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to read, to begin with, uh, two verses. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. If you're wondering where Ephesians is, that's okay. Because this is a place where nobody's perfect, anything's possible. It's toward the end of the Bible, though. So just kind of go, you know where the end of it is, right? The end of the book. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Say this first word with me. Remember. Okay, say it with me right now. Remember. Now, good. Let's do it one more time. Remember. I think when, we're talking, when we talk about remembering, we talk about if you've met Christ, remembering what it was like before you met Christ. Now, with that in mind, let me read it. He says, remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, hmm. In Christ Jesus, you who were once 
far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I wonder where he gets that statement. We exist so that those that are far from God can draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. Bam. Right here. You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. I can't bring you near. I can't help you. I can't get you saved. I can't save myself. But God, through the transforming power of Jesus Christ, we are brought near to him. We who were so far away. People were such a part of the passion of Jesus. Those that are far from God, it was his passion that they would hear the good news of Jesus Christ while he walked on this earth. It's still God's passion. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, one of a kind son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One time Jesus and Matthew was looking at the crowds. In Matthew chapter 9, he says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I'm thinking about before I met Christ, what my life was. Maybe you're thinking the same thing, but the thing is, it's not that we forget what lostness feels like. We must never forget what lostness feels like. I think, though, sometimes that we get busy. We get busy in our lives. We get busy in our, our lifestyle. And, and it's not that we intentionally forget that feeling of lostness, but we're so busy and distracted that it doesn't come to mind. So this is what I know, and I want you to write this down. We need to remember we need to remember. You see, without Christ, the world is hopeless. Every one of us knows people who don't know Christ, and they're hopeless. There's a hole inside of them. There's a hole, a void in their heart that only Christ can fill. People try to fill it themselves. They buy stuff. You know, when you're depressed, a lot of people, the way they deal with depression is they go buy stuff. Yeah, you can't afford the house payment of the house that you really want, so you stay where you are and you get a bigger TV, right? Makes you feel better to have things, to, to our possessions, our position, power, and, and pleasure. And all of these things, we try to fill the emptiness in our life. There are people listening to me today that don't know Christ. You're still far from Christ but you can draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. But it's not what the world has to offer. It's not the things of the world that will fill the emptiness in your life. Only Christ. And so we, we need to remember what it's like. And if you're not a follower of Christ, look at your life and realize through the conviction of the Holy Spirit that what you've been looking for and what you've been longing for, it's found in Jesus Christ. Those of us who know Christ, just remember 
Remember what it was like to be without him. Do you know, let me ask you a question. Do you know what is 750,000 miles long? Circles the globe 30 times and grows by 20 miles every day. 750,000 miles, circles the globe 30 times, grows 20 miles every day. I'll tell you what it is. It's the people without Jesus Christ standing back to back that circle the globe 30 times. We all know somebody without Christ. But we live in a world, and what I want to talk about today is how we live in a world that needs Christ, but we've got to do something about it. What I, I hope to convey today in this short time is something that will challenge your, your heart, illumine your mind, and enlighten us to become the church that God intended for us to be, the lighthouse in, a, in the darkness, the salt that adds flavor and, and life and purity to a world that needs desperately to know Jesus Christ. One time, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, he says this. He says in chapter 5, verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Just grasp. Maranate, let that soak just a little bit. We're Christ's ambassadors as though, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. You know what? We are God's ambassadors we're the ones, it's the church, we're the ones that are taking the gospel, the good news to people. So, well, I just don't feel like, I don't talk good in public. Well, neither do I, but I'm up here anyway. There's words in the Bible I can't pronounce. Oh, you know, my goodness. If you've been coming here long, I feel you, bro. I'm shy. Um, my relationship, this is my favorite one. I'm, this is a little, if you don't know me, this is a little bit of sarcasm built into this one. All right, you ready? My relationship with Jesus is private. Let me tell you something. Your relationship to Jesus is not private. It may be personal. I hope it is. But it's not private. He tells us that we are ambassadors, as though God is speaking through us. We are his ambassadors to share the good news of Jesus. And this is my favorite part. And I want you to write this one down. I am an important part in taking the gospel to the world. I. It's not they or them or that group. 
It's I. I'm going to write that down. I want you to read it. I want it to haunt you or convict you. I don't want it to haunt you, like wake you up in the middle. Yeah, I do. I want it to wake you up in the middle of the night. I am an important part in those people finding out. Pastor, uh, I've got a guy at work. Uh, you think you could swing by sometime and share Jesus with him? Nope. I think you ought to. Well, isn't that your job? No, that's your job. <laughs> I got my own job. I've got my own circle. I've got my own neighbors. So, well, I, I don't feel equipped. Let's equip you. Life on Missions has a, an incredible presentation that will, it's a tool that will help you. It talks about God's design and then how sin came into the world. God created Adam and Eve in, in perfection. There was no sickness, no death. It was just, just perfect. That was God's design, God's plan. But sin, they disobeyed God. They transgressed God's law. Sin came into the world. And from that point on, brokenness. And then God sent his son Jesus. And through him, we come and we repent and we enter into eternal life with him. That's all you have to do to share the gospel. I am an important part of doing that. If your Bibles are still open, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. <clears throat> he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the uh, right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, listen to this, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. It tells us Christ is the head of the church. Verse 23, which is his, said out loud, body. The church is his body. We talk about the body of Christ. Church is a body, not a building. It's an organism, not an organization. The church is a body. We've got different parts of the body, right? All right? Some of you are feet. Uh, some of your hands, arms, eyes, ears, um, a mouth. We all, as believers, we're all part of the body, the body of Christ. He says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We need to know this, that Jesus' focus is on the church. Does God love everybody? Yes. Does God want the world to be saved? Yes. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. But his tool is the church. Jesus' focus is on the church. And I just want to tell you, we need to focus on what Jesus is focusing on. So I just don't know what to do. I don't know whether to go or not. I don't know whether to do this or not. Just focus on what Jesus focused on. The Bible says that he loved the church and he gave himself for the church. What the world needs now is, is Jesus. And we, the church, the body of Christ, we're the ambassadors. We're the ones. There is no other way. There is no other plan. We're the ones that he has empowered 
to take the gospel into the workplace, into the school. So, well, you can't take the gospel into the workplace. You can't take the gospel into the school. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, this is what he says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the key cornerstone. Oh, now he's talking about, he's gone from talking about the body uh, to his house. The church is his house. He's the chief cornerstone. Welcome home. Welcome to the house. We're the house. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so we're the body of Christ. We're not a building, a physical building. We're a building in the sense that Christ is the foundation, the chief cornerstone. We're, we're parts of that building. And uh, the thing is, how, how are we ever going to get Christ into our schools? Let me tell you, I'm going to answer all of this the same way. Through the church. What's the church? Individuals. What's the church? It's the body. What's the church? It's, it's the building, not the physical building. And so how could we ever get the, the love of Jesus into the, to the workplace? Through the church, man. They're not going to let you just pile up in there and start preaching. It's through the church. It's through the individual's how, how could I ever get Christ in my neighborhood? It's through the church. Not running rogue out there trying to build things on your own, but the church unified and functioning together healthy. It's the church. All right. I, I told myself I wasn't going to do this. But if you hold holding out on me, I'm going to have to start amening myself. But don't hold out on me. When I think you're not getting it, I get extra long in my speaking. But if I, if I see smiles on your face, amen, right on. Clapping or something. Son, I just get through it and we're out of here. Amen? <laughs> yeah. You bunch of. Anyway, it's the church. And so this is what I know. It's in the church. The good news is, is that we can be a part of that. The good news is, is that we can be a part of that. We can participate in it. And that's good news, that we can be actively involved in the church, in building the church. So this is what I know, write it down. We need to be building the church. We need to be building the church. It was, at, it was in the church that I've first discovered gifts that I had no idea that I had. It was in the church that I received courage. It was in the church that, that I received direction. It was in the church that I got into the Word for the very first time. It was in the, my house, actually. No, it was in the church that the Word started getting into me and making a difference in my life. It's in the church. It's through the church. And we need to be building the church In a four-county area, in our area, surrounding us, there are 168,000 people. Only 10% of those, you, you can, if you've never heard these stats before, it might surprise you, but we've studied it and researched it. 
out of the 168,000 people, only 10% on any given Sunday will attend church, not uh, excluding Easter and Christmas, 10%. That's 16,800 people today who are worshiping in our surrounding region. And we wonder, what can we do to, to reach people for Christ? We've got to live life on mission. We've got to, and if you don't have the ump, if you don't have the passion, you need to get the urgency. You need to go back and remember what it was like to be hopeless without Christ. Out of 168,000, 10%, 16,800. You subtract that from 168,000, that leaves 151,200 people who today in our area, in our cities, are not going to church. Must I tell you that we've got to get out and be life on mission? My vision for our church and our church's vision is to reach 1% by 2021. That's the next five years. The clock is already ticking since I announced this. If we could just reach 1%, say, man, we could reach more than 1% if we'd, we'd really get busy and you'd really get serious. You're right. But if we could just reach 1% of the 151,200, just think what would happen. Just think what we could do as we're building the church, the house, the house of God. The house of God was first mentioned by, uh, in Genesis chapter 28 by Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. All right? Jacob was, he was on a camp out. Uh, he, he had pitched his tent, and uh, he was letting it air out because it had been folded up, you know, musky smell, so he was grilling out. It's pretty cool. He ate, went to bed, and he started dreaming. And he dreamed that he saw, in his dream, he saw the stairway to heaven. No, that's not where the song came from, all right? And this is, this is what, if it had to come from that, it would, it would have been even a better song, but it would have been a better song. Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 18, Verse 20 said, where two or three gather in my name, there I will be with them. Where two or three. You know, the truth is, Jesus lives in my heart, all right? So I don't have to have two or three to experience the presence of God because God's in my life, all right? Same is true for you. But just think what happens when two or three come together in the house. Now, when I got here this morning, most of you were still asleep. Some of you might have been drinking your coffee. I don't know. Um, but but I, do know, I do want you to know this. When I got here, 
uh, he came with me. I didn't have to hunt him. I didn't have to say in this dark, big building, where are you, God? He's with me. And I worshiped this morning. And I sang on the way here this morning. I worshiped. God, God was with me then. But when the volunteers started showing up, staff started showing up, it was awesome. And then when we came into the worship area and we gathered together, we corporately, together as a group, experienced the power and the presence of God in our church. We need to come to church asking God, what do you want me to put into this today? I know some of you overslept and you got here and you were rushed and maybe you, you had some words on the way to church. That, that happens. I can spot them a mile away. I really can't because you're so slick at it. You fuss all the way to church and you're aggravated, you're ill, but you get out and you smile. Hey, yeah, 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 good to see you. His hair really looks funny, doesn't it? And you, your disposition is all messed up. Um, what you need to do is pile up in here on a given Sunday, having brought your worship with you, and not wait to the first three songs of any worship uh, service to, to kind of pick you up, charge you up, and finally by the last song, then it's time for me to get out of here. If, if we would prepare our hearts before we got here, like Monday through Saturday, and come and ask the question, and write this question down if you haven't already. God, what do you want me to put into this today? One thing he says, I want your worship. We amen, we clap. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He loves it. The Bible says clap, clap. You're not clapping for me when you clap. You're clapping because you're thinking, man, that's good stuff, and God's speaking to me. I want to clap and praise him for that. And so, God, what do you want me to put into it? Like, for example, let me just throw out some examples. God, which area of service do you want me to, to, to plug into? I've been attending long enough. It's time, it's time that I, uh, I plug in. What mission do you want me to be a part of. Find where God is moving and join him. For, for heaven's sakes, we're going to the Philippines in January. Maybe that's the place for you. We're going to, to New Orleans in November. Maybe that's the trip for you. We're going to Haiti in Africa this summer. Maybe that's the trip for you. And, and don't give me, I can't afford it, I I don't even know if I could get the time off. Listen, I talk to people all the time that we have to pray diligently that God would open the door that they could have the time off. I'm not worried about the money because God's, 
He doesn't order anything that he doesn't pay for. There are people constantly saying, Pastor, I heard such and such is going on a mission trip. I want to help. But don't tell them that it was me. Or sometimes they say, you can tell them it's me. And, and I get the joy of saying, hey, somebody, I know you're sweating the, the money part, but somebody just gave you 500 bucks. Can, can somebody just like amen that? It's an amen. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever signed up, knowing that God wants you to go and you don't have the money, it's an amen. It's a hallelujah, praise God, when somebody gives me $500. Maybe it's a, a ministry locally or in our church. By giving faithfully to faith commitment giving, you read in the handout the just a few of the many things that, that are happening with that money above and beyond our tithes and offerings separate from our budget. Ask God, what does he want you to put into it? And let me tell you something about people coming to our church. This is something I hope you never forget. We cannot expect them to come to us. We must go to them. It's the church Sometimes I'll hear people say, you know, I'm not into the church. I'm into Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm just not into the church. You just don't know how pitiful sounding that is. If Jesus can die for the church, we can live for it, all right? Now, the church, we cannot as a church expect people to come to us. We can put signs out on the highway and front of the building and we put flyers and send cards out and there's a time and place for all that but we can't just expect to show up on Sunday and expect everybody to come to us we need to go to them and that is living life on mission it's living life on mission and making a difference right where we are now real quick I want to give you four things that the church does one it helps people to know God Write them down quick because these are short, but I've got to go quick. The church helps people to know God. That's why I love the church. By the way, we need a strong commitment to Christ, the gospel, and the church. So, well, I've got a commitment to Christ. I'm not really into sharing the gospel yet. You need to have a strong commitment to Christ, the gospel, and the church. The church helps people know about Jesus. At North Star, we want it to be easy for people to come to Christ. And we want it to be difficult for people to forget Christ. Number two, the church helps me to grow. I've mentioned this, but it's been through the church that I've, I've grown. My parents raised me in a Christian environment, a Christian home. But it's through the church, man, the, the small group leaders and the, the children's workers and the student ministers and the, the parents that came and helped. All of that, and to even today, it's in the church that the church helps me to grow.
Number three, the church helps me to discover my purpose and my potential. Maybe you're still trying to figure that one out. My purpose, what's my purpose? Your potential. The church helps me to discover that. And, and so I, I let him. I, I go where I never thought I would. I give like, like I never thought I could. Uh, I pray like I always knew I should. It's through the church that it helps me to grow and grow in the Lord. That's why small groups are so important. Be discipled. Study the Bible together. And then through the church, I can impact my world. Uh, the girl that you saw in the video, that's where our, our uh, Africa team was this past summer. Part of the faith commitment money has, is to raise a tricycle, which is a motorcycle with a sidecar that's very common in Asia. In January, we're going to deliver one because through your faith commitment giving, we've already took in enough money to buy one. Okay. Uh, going to be for two different pastors where they're going to use them to make a little extra money for the ministry and then bring people to church on Sunday. I've already got the prices. It's actually a little more than I thought it was. But uh, I want him to be styling, all right? He said, unpainted is this much. I said, who's going to ride around in an unpainted one in the Philippines? You'd have to go to understand Through the church, we can impact our world, our community. I got this thank you note this week. And uh, it says on the back, it says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Let me read you the thank you note. There are no human words to fully express our gratitude for your generosity. What you didn't know is that we had been discussing what we were going to do, how we were going to fix the house so the city wouldn't find us. Then there you were, ready and willing to help us. of charge you went above and beyond for us doing more than we ever imagined in addition to fixing the woodwork you painted and even hired a contractor to fix a broken rafter you found God surely answered our prayer and used you to do it you're truly doing God's work and we know he will bless you for it. The time and money you put into helping us is appreciated more than you'll ever know. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for
through your kindness, generosity, and service. May God bless you abundantly. The church did that. Christ used the church. This church, that was one of the, that was one of the 30 plus projects on serve day. That one actually went serve day extra because the, they, the teams had to go back. Impacting our world for Christ. And, and look, I can't get away from one by 21. Just, it kills me. It, it, it makes my heart heavy and burdens me to know that there's 151,200 people that didn't go to church today. They need Christ. And we, the church, are the hands and the feet of Jesus to go out there and to be used by him to take the message of the gospel and the good news of Jesus to our communities and to our region. And all God's people said, Father, thank you. God, for thank you for how this message challenges me, illumines my mind, convicts me to do more. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed today if you realize that you have never given your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity today, right now, just to say yes to him. It's more than repeating a prayer. You can repeat a prayer all day, but what you need is to do what the Bible says, and it says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Put your trust in him. It's telling him that. It's, it's calling on the Lord. You can say it from your heart, and you can say it like this. Just, God, I need you in my life to fill the emptiness in my life. I know that I have sinned, and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the grave. And I repent of my sins and I turn to Jesus right now. Forgive me, come into my life. I call on you and I put my trust in you right now as Savior. And I follow you, Jesus, today as Lord. Heads are bowed. If you prayed that prayer on the handout today, there's a place you can check the box. And if you'll bring that to guest services at both of our campuses, we'll give you a book that's a book that'll help you to grow in your faith. If you didn't get a handout, there's a card in your seat pocket. Just fill that out. Maybe your prayer today is, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Help me to never forget how... I was lost without you and hopeless. Maybe God's calling you to a mission, to, to, to being consistent in church, to being faithful. I thank God for the, the countless volunteers that serve. I, I thank God for those that give, who live to give, because we couldn't do the ministries that I've been talking about today without your faithful giving. 
Maybe it's to make a recommitment of your life today. You can't get saved but one time. But sometimes we stray away and we just want to say to God, God, thank you for not giving up on me. Forgive me and help me to be on the straight path. I'm going to ask that everyone would stand together and I just want to pray over you. And then we're going to worship with one other song. And, and keep your hearts tuned in during the song and let God minister to you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for moving in our service. Thank you for moving in our hearts. Help us to be attentive to your spirit. Help us to let the Holy Spirit apply these truths to our hearts. Help us, God, to, to uh, respond now in this worship to whatever you're calling us to do. We love you, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name.